Good morning. My name's Rachel and along with my husband Jim, we are the pastors at Kingdom Vineyard. If you've joined us at any point over the past few weeks, you'll know that we're partway through a sermon series called Rest and Reset, looking through the book of the Bible called the Psalms and taking the opportunity that these ancient poems give us to rest in God's presence and to reset our perspective on life. I'm continuing our series this morning with Psalm 121. And before I say any more about it, Scott is going to read it for us. Psalm 121. I lift my eyes up to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. This is another psalm in the group known as Songs of Ascents. I'm not going to delve into that this morning and instead point you to Jesse's sermon from the 24th of May, where he gave us a few sentences on what people think that means. In fact, if you missed that, that sermon, do yourself a favour and go and listen to it as soon as possible. All I'll say this morning is that this group of Psalms probably have something to do with journeying to meet God towards the temple or on a pilgrimage. This morning, I'm going to go through the Psalm in order, taking each verse or pair of verses and giving you some reflections on what I think they're saying. And then I'll finish by sharing why I chose this Psalm for this church at this time. The main point I want to make from this psalm, and the reassurance I think it brings us at a time like this, is that God is not asleep on the job. The world is currently in a mess in all sorts of ways. We have no idea how the coming weeks and months are going to unfold, and we're really short on answers. But this psalm confidently reminds us that the God of the universe, the creator of all things, the one who loved us before we were born, is still working, still protecting, and still by our side. So with that in mind, let's delve into the psalm, shall we? I don't know about you, but this season has given me an opportunity to reflect on where I put my trust and where I actually go looking for my help. It's shown me that the things that we're often so quick to look for our stability in and our safety, like our health, the economy or our work, are not actually reliable. They're a bit like a cliff edge that crumbles as soon as you put too much weight on it. 
These first two verses serve as an, as an important reminder that it's the almighty God who stands ready to help us when we need it. That our help comes from the one who made heaven and earth. That's a heck of a lot of power. And it's a good reminder that because he's the creator of all things, the kind of help he offers isn't a diary keeping, house cleaning, personal assistant kind of help. This is mountain moving, body healing, darkness overthrowing help. That's huge. This season for me, and I think many of us, has been a time of reinforcing to me that the only reliable place I can put my trust is in God. The one who made it all and the one who promises to be with us. My prayer is that when the world emerges from the coronavirus crisis, we won't fall back into old habits of trusting the fragile things of the world, but that we'll remember what we learned in this time and that we'll keep our trust firmly in the Lord. Verses three and four explain that God is our anchor, that in him we have a firm foundation, a safe place to stand, a house built on rock. He is always there, always watching over us. And just a word on that phrase, watching over us here. This isn't the kind of watching over that you might expect from an untrusting line manager or perhaps a parent when you're not doing your homework. This is the kind of watching over that we see from the shepherds in the Christmas story, staying up through the night to protect their wee sheepies. Alert and ready to act if someone or something threatens their flock. You could say that the Lord is our shepherd or something. That's the kind of God we worship. The kind of God who is not asleep on the job. These verses, of course, bring to mind the Israelites, God's own people from the Old Testament of our Bibles, who he most definitely was watching over. They had a few moments where they seemed to think that God was, in fact, asleep on the job. God fed them just the right amount every day, and he even built in a rest day for them. But they weren't happy. They wanted to go back to Egypt where they had all the food they wanted because they didn't think that God was providing enough. But God knew what they needed. He was watching over them. He literally made it rain carbs from heaven for 40 years to keep them well fed. Fast forwarding to today, some of the many luxuries we're used to in this part of the world are not accessible to us at the moment. We're not free to go wherever we like or eat in our favorite restaurants. We're mourning lost time with friends and family. We're missing important events like graduation and soakings. And as utterly rubbish as that has been, as much as we've cried over these things, God is still sustaining us. 
We've gone without some of the things that we love most. And we've mourned losses. But the bread of life is still raining down from heaven. And there's plenty of living water to go around. Now, I'm not saying that we should forget about the sad things of our current situation or just shut up and be grateful for what we do have because the pain is real. But there is great reassurance amongst it all that God is still working and still providing us with what we need. Dare I suggest, he might even be using this time to help us remember what is most important for us. I've heard it said that man shall not live by bread alone, but by the word of God. And whatever he's using this season for, we can trust that he is not asleep on the job. Verses five and six remind us of how close by God is our very present help, as Psalm 46 puts it. I'm not sure where your mind goes when you think of what's at your right hand. I think of my phone. Now, I don't want to turn this into a phone bashing rant or start making cheesy points about how we should pick up our Bibles as much as we pick up our phones. But it probably is worth noting that God is as close to us as we often like to keep our phones. He is at our right hand. And perhaps when we find ourselves filled with doubt and fear at what's going on in the world, it would be much better for us to call on the name of the Lord than scroll through our phones to try and numb the pain. And you know what? He loves to hear from us. He's right there. He's listening. He's not asleep on the job. And more than that, he actively offers protection and comfort, both day and night. One thing I'd really rather not admit to, but I'm going to anyway, is that I have always been and still am scared of the dark. Thankfully, I have no good reason to be so, but somehow I still am. I sometimes wake up in the middle of the night and find myself irrationally afraid. And what I've learned is that when in those moments I call on the name of Jesus and ask to feel his presence and protection there with me, I do feel his presence and protection there and then. The fear leaves, my mind calms, and I'm able to get back to sleep. I tell you this because I want to get across that these aren't just nice ideas. I want you to know that if you've never actively experienced God's protection and his watching over you, it's something you can ask for and experience, and I really highly recommend it. And finally, verses seven and eight. From the rest of scripture, it seems clear that rather than being promised a life in a safe bubble where the troubles of the world can't touch us, we're promised that when harm does come our way, God is there with us. 
He has literally provided us with armour to face the tough stuff. The armour of God. Ephesians chapter 6 verses 10 and 11 say this. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armour of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Skipping to verses 14 to 17, Paul describes the armour as this. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. That's how we're to fight our battles. Putting on that armour is how we make sure that our strength comes from God rather than from our own efforts. And as for the Lord watching over our coming and going, now and forevermore. What a relief that his being with us is not conditional on a time or a place. This is far better than the promise of God airlifting us out of a painful situation every so often. This is a promise of his lasting presence with us. This is like Moses' words to Israel as he handed over leadership to Joshua in Deuteronomy chapter 36 verse 6. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. What a promise. Now, just before I move on to talking about why I chose this psalm, I think it would be remiss of me not to briefly call out the But what about when harm does come my way? Question. What's happening when we need God's protection and it doesn't seem to come? Do the words of the psalm only apply when things are easy? I really don't think so. This world is not as God wants it. And things do go wrong. In fact, that's why God gave us a psalm of his protection in the first place. And there are moments when we can feel like all is lost and God hasn't shown up. But I have two thoughts on this problem. My first thought on this is that those times where we feel like God isn't protecting us in the way we might have hoped are the exceptions and not the rule. If we look back over our lives as a whole, I think we'll see many more instances where God's protection over us was clear than not. One of the things I love um, about this role as a pastor is hearing people's life stories, especially the stories of people who have been around a bit longer than I have. None of them have had a trouble-free life. They've suffered at times. But they've got the gift of hindsight 
and can see how God was moving in their different situations. They still trust him. We can trust him. My second thought on this is Jesus. Jesus, God the Son himself, lived the human life alongside us and gives us the best model of how we can live with God the Father filled with the Holy Spirit. And Jesus went to the cross as part of God's plan to save and restore us and all of creation. Jesus cried out for help in the Garden of Gethsemane, asking God to take his suffering away. And that prayer might seem not to have been answered, except that he finished it with, yet not my will but yours be done. Jesus' model for us to follow was this. Cry out to God. Reach out to him. He is at hand. And whilst placing all of our burdens on him, we also place our trust in him. There may be battles that we go through that we don't understand. And I know that in that position, I want God's strategy in charge, not mine. I know from his track record with me that he's trustworthy and that he loves me. And as well as giving us that understanding, he also gives us the reassurance and the companionship of being with us in our pain. Our God is the God who suffered for us and we can know him with us when we suffer too. And that counts for a lot when we're going through it. Jesus went ahead of us and Jesus still goes with us in suffering. And so yes, sometimes it might not seem like God has removed our suffering or pain straight away. But what we can say is that he remains for us when we cry out for help. He remains with us when we ask him and he's working all things for good, for the sake of we who love him. And that's an offer open to anyone who wants it. I know a couple of paragraphs is nowhere near enough to tackle this complicated question. And actually Morag did a much better job of walking us through this in her sermon on the kingdom of God on the 27th of October last year. I highly recommend you look it up on our website and have a listen. So that brings us to the end of Psalm 121. So to round up this sermon, why did I choose this one? I chose this psalm because I find it a comforting reminder that firstly, our help and our hope come from the very creator of the universe himself. Over the past weeks and months, we've seen so many examples of things that we can't put our trust in. We can't trust our own health. That's been proven to be fragile, even for the healthiest among us. We can't trust in the economy or our finances. It takes scarily little for our income, our investments to be washed away in an instant. And sometimes we can't even trust each other. We've seen recently that we humans sometimes treat other humans in the most despicable manner. 
But in all this mess, in all the uncertainty, there remains one thing certain, one person certain, God. This psalm tells us that not only is he watching over us now and forevermore, not only is he just not asleep on the job, he's also always working to protect us. When the things of the earth that we've looked to for stability are no longer very stable, God promises that he will never leave us. One of my favourite things about reading the Bible as a whole, rather than just thinking about each book individually, is that it reveals this amazing pattern of God makes promise, God keeps promise. God makes promise, God keeps promise. Over and over and over again. He really is the person to put your trust in. And secondly, this psalm brings me real comfort because he's here with us always. This is a season of frustration, pain and disappointment. And being a child of God doesn't airlift us out of that. We still experience those things. But it does give us the tools we need to make it through. God is our very present help. And if we take the opportunity this season to be very present to him, to rest with him, and to be reset in our perspectives by him, I believe that we will find that he is a very real help and much more than that too. The world is in a mess. There's so much brokenness and so much struggle. It's not always easy to see what God is doing and what purposes he might have um, in these things. But we can be confident of this. God is not asleep on the job. He's still working. He's still speaking. He's still meeting people and he's still healing. We've seen in our own services and heard stories from across the nation of answered prayer, of healing, and of people getting closer to Jesus and even getting to know him for the first time. In a world where so much seems to be in darkness, we can rest peacefully in God's loving arms because he is not asleep on the job. I'd love to pray for you just now. Father God, I thank you that you are still very much at work. Thank you that you sustain us when everything else seems to be falling apart. I pray that you would help us to see what you're up to at the moment. And I pray that you would be with each of us in our disappointments and pain. Would you comfort us when we're afraid? We want to fully rely on you, God and not on the things of this world. Please would you help us in that, especially during this season. Amen. <laughs>